welcome to episode 37 of the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm here. I'm Zach. And guess who's here today? Mike Curland. <laughs> hey. Hello. <laughs> Not as a host. Um, that, that, that ship has sailed, I believe. Yes. I um, say so. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's all good. But you're here as my special guest. You can find him at uh, Mike underscore Curland on Twitter. And you can find him on the internet. As I said, yeah. Like I I'm, not, I'm not even going to introduce all the stuff that you do, and you know what? I'll leave. You can't, but I'm just going to say, Mike, you're now you're not Mike Curlin from Basil. You're Mike Curlin from the internet. Yeah, basically, that was the initial idea of how I attacked everything. I think it's kind of calmed down now. I took pride in a sense of trying to do of doing as much as I did initially, and I realized it's just too much. I couldn't handle everything, so I do. I am happy that like, you know, you've kept going with this. Like I know I started with Ray as well, helping him get his stuff going. And then Ray kind of kept it going by himself as well afterwards. So it's just like, I like to see that you guys have continued the success of it all and continue just running with it. Even after I've been either, if you want to call it gone or just not as available, kind of the same thing. So you're sort like, of like the, you're like the godfather of the podcast. You sort of just, I just like, like talking. I just, <laughs> it's a gift and a curse. Okay. Well, that's perfect because you got, we got no one else here. It's just me and you. So, uh, you can, you can give it, you can give her. Yeah. So, okay. So, but in all seriousness, your basis loaded podcast is, has amazing success. You've, you've gained a great number of followers. And then uh, is there anything else? Like I know you, you, are you now part of this Roto, Roto ranks and you're doing something with the uh, pitch uh, SP streamer. Uh, there's just so yeah, much like, like, is there anything you want to focus on and tell people about well before, like in, in these first couple minutes gotcha. before they stop listening? Yeah, I hear you. Uh, well, this isn't, I'm not like the mouth, so I'm actually humble and a nice guy. So people might actually listen to this episode, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope Mike's listening. You're welcome, Mike. Uh, yeah. You're like the antagonist. To yeah, every- I mean, we might get more than 10 views or listens because it's not Mike the mouth. Yeah, it's a different mic, a better yeah. mic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, let's see. There's the base load is obviously, it's like kind of my baby, my first ever introduction to the fantasy world, the fantasy baseball industry, so to speak. And that's kind of that's been my focus, and you know, uh, still doing that. That's basically loaded podcast on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff. It's all available there. Uh, I just started Beer Bourbon Baseball with Simeon, as AKA SP Streamer, who's actually in this draft we're going to talk about today. And uh, we, him, and I, I also helped with his draft kit a little bit, so you can support that. It's literally only a dollar. So <laughs> I mean, talk about cheap labor. There, I mean, cheap, you know, it's for like, anyone in Canada, that's a loony. That's a loony. I don't know that. No, you, you don't know what a loony is. No, it's like, the, it's like the one dollar coin. So we don't have one dollar bills anymore. Those were eliminated in the eighties. Um, oh, and cool. we don't have we don't even have two dollar. We had a we had a two one dollar bill and a two dollar bill. They're now called a loony and a toony. And the loony nice. has the loony has a loon on it, which is like a bird. And that's why it's called a loony. It's very Canadian, and it just uh, I guess it was whatever. To, I love uh, it. <laughs> yeah, no more paper money. But there's gonna be no there's gonna be no like actual physical money soon enough, anyways. I, I believe. No, I know. Um, it's going that route. But yeah, that's that's awesome. That's a fun little tidbit. I just yeah. learned something today because I don't. I'm not big. I'm not a big like economics guy or anything. So I don't. I don't really know how the money like all that works in other countries. So appreciate the lesson. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I said, I'm a. Uh, Posting stuff here and there, and that's kind of just the main two things I'm doing right now. Roto ranks is a um, but my but my co-host George started up started up a site, and I just started writing for him. And yeah, there's that. So he's doing it with Heath Caps, right? Yes, that's that's who I started with. So when I first yeah. got into everything, I found, like, I'm still with them, but I just, I just don't have the I haven't had the time to write as much as I used to. I've yeah, been, I've been more talking, which is actually it's less time consuming than the writing. It's way easier. It's yeah. easier. 
as um, I'm learning. I sort of did it backwards. I started with the writing, then I got into this. You um, started with the podcast, and then you got it. You, you, it was a little bit of a reverse. But um, yeah, Heath is like I owe I owe um, him my start to everything here. So um, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful to him, and like I want to I want to get him on at some point. But he's um, he's, he's tougher. He's tougher no, to get yeah. on. He's uh, he's more of a writer, I think, than a than a talker. And he's, oh, yeah. he's, got, he's, got, he's got a lot of commitments, but yeah, great, great guy. But anyways, let's, let's get into the show. And the first thing I want to talk about is like all these players opting out and let's maybe like address trout first. <sighs> and like I told, I told you, I know you, you, um, it's so and, and, frustrating. And this has implications on the NFBC as well, which, uh, I'm going to ask you your opinion on, on trout and the NFBC. Then maybe we can get into some other players we can talk about, but I just wanted to, like I said, before we started recording, I said, I wanted to, I wanted to say something. So um, I was faced and I'll give you an example. I was faced with the decision of drafting Mike Trout at with the eighth overall pick um, in one of the drafts. I'm in one of the, it's a fast, it's a fast, slow DC with Mike, uh, with Mike the mouth. Um, I passed on trout at the, at 1.8 or the eighth pick in the first round. Here's, here's my logic behind it. Um, before all this stuff was going on, wasn't going to get Mike Trout in the first, at, with the eighth pick. He was going in the top three. Now, after it, what, um, he, Mike Trout still, if, if I don't pick him in the eighth spot, he's still going to either go, um, it's not going to change anything for me because he's still going to either go third, like he would have before, or he's going to go, say, 11th, which he did. Still, one of my, opponent, one of my opponents in the first round got Mike Trout. What do I care who got him? doesn't matter to me. Um, that much. Um, and the fact remains is I still got the same player as I did before. So yeah, I'm passing up on, I'm passing up on like, I ended up drafting Trevor story. Uh, but, and, and I, instead of Mike Trout, but I think the risk of him not playing is just so great that it like, it, I'll let somebody else have him in the first round. And I wasn't getting him anyways before anyway. So you know what, you, know, you hear what I'm saying? I'm 100% with you, and again, I hate to say that. Like Initially, just with him missing upwards of a week, that's huge in a shortened season. We're talking, what is that? What is a week? Like like 11% or something like that? I forget the number. I honestly am terrible with math. You're the math guy. What's a week in this shortened season as far as production? Uh, Like in terms of percentage? Yeah, in terms of percentage of a season. 12 and a half. There it is. I knew it was something like that. See, I don't know. Math isn't my strong suit. That's why I talk. Well, if you say eight um, weeks, if it's eight weeks, one out of, one out of eight is twelve and a half percent. Yeah, that's. I, I keep thinking six weeks. I'm like, wait, I can't. And I'm like, I know it's wrong. It's not six weeks. It's sixty day, sixty games, whatever. You get my point. I'm just. My point is, is I knew. I'm like, it's over ten percent. Honestly, like quick math. I'm like, okay, it's over ten percent. I'm losing ten percent of my production right then and there. That, that was already enough reason to bump him down. I had him at five or six. And why I say five or six is because I, it was the whole Trey Turner skill set thing. Steals being such a premium, especially in roto formats, especially in these formats that we play here, specifically draft champions and other and OCs and all that being of the roto variety steals get such a boost that it was really a t- uh, toss up between trout and Turner for me at, at that five, six area. But now with trout already missing 12 and a half percent of the season, Baked, that's baked in already at this point because of the birth of his child. And you're assuming there's – so th- you add that, right? That's a minimum. You're assuming there's no complications with the birth. There's no – he left early. It was a false alarm. Now he has to clear to come back and then leave again. So you're talking like a little more than a week. You know, not, not, it's a couple days, whatever. And you're kind of adding all that in. That doesn't even include the fact that he might sit out. Now you're adding that wrinkle into it, which was always, I guess, a potential, but not really. It was never really set out loud because, he, like you mentioned, you text me. Right? He, he, he was one of those win and wear guys. 
Yeah. I think seeing some of his teammates and, and fellow league mates popping positive, opting out, it's becoming easier and easier. And he's not somebody who needs the money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the money's there for him. He's made it already. He's going to make it next year. Yeah. And he's going to make it for the next like 10 years. He's not really, I don't think money's a huge concern to him. A lot of it's your, the wife though, because like, you know what you like, you know, you're obviously, you know how it is. You, you, you say, you say to your friend, you're going to do something. You're like, yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. No worries. I'm not, we're going to go you know, play some golf. And then you get, get home and your wife's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This Wait podcast, yes. Yeah, this is yeah exactly this podcast. We were supposed to do this two hours ago. Um, um, is he like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, Mikey. And he's like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, well, maybe, 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 guys, friends, maybe I can't come out and play anymore. <laughs> so but he's that, there right now. That's the thing. Know, that's what's it's weird. Yeah. He's there and he's wearing a mask and he's taking all – he's taking beyond the proper precautions. And honestly, these players can probably – I'm sure they're allowed to play with a mask on if they really want to. Oh, sure, sure. And that's interesting to me. I mean, I don't see why. I, again, it could, like you said, it could be because you know, obviously, Trout loves the game. No one's questioning that. And I hate to like. I know we. This is what we do as um as analysts. We kind of break down the news as it's given. Me personally, just as a father and as a husband, I understand these players opting out, especially ones with families, especially the ones that don't really need to risk it. The David Prices of the world. I just I get it. Like I trust me, it sucks for fantasy, especially for teams that I've already drafted. We had a Zoom call on our in, in our drafts. We were doing a, a DC and Mike the Mallet organized a Zoom call and I was talking about this. And I'm like, well, you know what? Listen, I'm I'm looking for anything possible to try and give me a hint whether or not these players are gonna play or opt out. And I'm saying, you know what? I'm looking at haircuts. So I'm looking at Josh Donaldson. I'm like, that guy's haircut, there's no fucking way that guy's opting out of playing baseball. He is um like if he wasn't wearing a twins hat, he'd be wearing a make America great again hat. Um, <laughs> same with Josh Reddick. Those guys are playing anyone with that. Anyone that looks like that. No, like, I don't know. Anyone that looks like that would wear the same haircut as Joe dirt is not opting out of playing baseball. Joe and, dirt. I just watched that movie the other day on, on cable of all things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I just drafted Josh Donaldson in at least one of these drafts and I'm pretty confident that he's not going to opt out. Um, just because of how he looks. I'm purely judging a book by its cover. And like, again, any of the younger guys that don't have families, obviously that's a huge, um, it's actually a huge thing for them not, uh, not opting out. Like Tatis, Bichette, like Soto, all those guys. Like I'm, I am wondering though, guys like, because I've heard rumblings and I know you have two of Flaherty possibly sitting out. Yeah. Because guys like him, they're not making that much money. No. But, but that would, but being that it's on the, I believe if it's not in medical that they don't get the year of service time. So that could, that plays a part. It's like, are you yeah. going to risk, are you going to risk your health to get through that year of service time? Cause the money is obviously not worth it for some of these guys. No. But yeah. It's, it's the guys that are like on the back end of that deal. Like, is it really worth it for them to, but they lose like, a year to lose free agency. Yeah. Yeah. It, it comes down to it. Yeah. So like, but, it, but what we're seeing is a lot of the people that can afford it are opting out. Like you're seeing all the, yeah. all the, all the, all the rich guys opting out. Yeah, that's why it's kind of like, and you see Posey talking about it, and yeah. Posey's not that relevant, but in a DC, he sure he sure as hell is relevant. I drafted him right before in the in the, <laughs> the DC I was talking about. I drafted him right before that news came out, and then um, I have Sal Perez. Sal Perez, the news came out like a day later too, or less than like probably less than twelve hours later after I drafted him. But that's I, I actually about okay. him having it. Here, but he's asymptomatic. I think it's good. Honestly, I think it's a good thing. I don't. Um, why not? Be- I told you that because because there's no cure and people can catch it twice. Sure, he could get the antibodies, but the, it's a virus; it mutates. He can here's, just recatch it again. Right. So here's my th- here's my here's my logic behind that. 
if it can mutate and you can catch it twice, which I've seen rare instances of it, and if, if, that's act, if it's not rare that you can catch it twice and that's actually continuing to happen, there's no way we have a baseball season. So, yeah. it's, so when, I, when I'm drafting Perez, I'm like, okay, he's got it. He's got the asymptomatic. He'll be good in three which weeks. Is, I'll say, which is what I like to see, and, by the way. And if he can get it again, then if he can get it again, then we're just like, we're screwed. Because if you can get this thing twice, then this is a way bigger problem than, than we thought, and we're not going to be able to play. So I, I'm thinking it's a win-win. I mean, I, I I understand. I do get the logic in that. I just I don't know. I, I'm just annoyed because even say he, okay, he can't get it again. But if Prez is a bad example because Prez isn't symptomatic, but Freeman is. Freeman has it. Freddie Freeman has it, and he is symptomatic. Right. That could shut him down for the better part better part of a month. Just between because we all we've all had the flu really bad, and the flu will knock you on your ass for what about a week or so sometimes 10 days and then it takes you what like legitimately three to five days to get your energy levels back up just to feel normal and now we're talking about an athlete needing to perform at his peak so now he has to gain the weight back he lost he needs to get back on his workouts and he needs to get back into game shape and that's just off the flu the flu alone can knock you on your ass for two weeks and then you're back being like 85 percent probably this is this is the coronavirus we don't really know how it affects it. it affects everybody differently my mom actually has it and she has been up, had her ups and downs and has been getting trending better. I wouldn't be so optimistic about it if she wasn't, but she's trending. She's been trending towards, a, you know, to being better and feeling better every day, but she hasn't been a hundred percent. And it's been nine, 10 days now since she's first started showing symptoms. Well, I hope she feels better. And well, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I know my mom's not an athlete. My mom's almost 60. So I understand, <laughs> totally understand that there's differences in a near 60 year old lady and a, what is he? 30, 31, 32 years old in Freddie Freeman. But yeah, we're still talking. We're still talking about. My point is, is, we're still talking about a guy who's showing symptoms. So it sounds like they're kind of rough too. We don't know how he's going to bounce back, and that could be that could linger into the start of the season. That affects somebody like him. But Sal Perez, it doesn't affect as much as as long as he continues to be asymptomatic, because he can still train and stay up to th- stay up on things on his own. Like he had, assuming he has been doing that already prior right. to starting back up. Yeah. And then, you know, everything keeps happening to Miguel Sano. Like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> like he's like every, every, every box you can check for like the non-baseball, non-baseball risks he's, he's, he's checking. But I don't know if he's asymptomatic or not. There's been a, there's been a list. There's been a whole laundry list of players that are, that have, um, that have been tested positive. Um, I'm wondering if once people get into camps, they're more isolated from society. It may, it may, um, and you may stop. You may stop seeing as many, and there really hasn't been that many from in the grand scheme of thing. I think there was one point two percent of all the tests. So um, who was it? Then? But I also heard that Freeman said he wasn't like in con- he wasn't in contact with any of his teammates. Did you hear that? No, I don't remember. Yes, yeah, so like there was. I, I heard that Freddie Freeman like was not in any contact with any of his teammates before he tested positive for COVID. So he probably he got obviously got it from somewhere else. So um, I'm thinking that being in these baseball camps is probably safer than being in the regular um, general population. So just no, I'll give you, around, I'll give you around, around the U S around the U S especially. Well, yeah. And if you're obviously, if you're quarantined in an area, they're going to be catering to him, making sure he's being looked out for really well, but he's at home. I think he's with his wife, from my understanding. Freeman. Yeah. And yeah. he's still, uh, I just reloaded the news feed. And on Roto World, and he apparently is still feeling weak when he talked to when he was when he spoke to his manager this morning. 
Yeah, I know so he, you know, has, he has he has he has a kid too, and like his kid's his kid's super cute. I've seen yeah, <laughs> I've seen the videos of the kid hitting. Yeah, the kid the kid that kid's awesome. I love that kid. Um, but yeah, um, why don't we get into our draft that we were, that we were <laughs> that we were talking about yeah. before I before I'm getting all soft here, right? Well, um, before we get into that, didn't you mention wanting to talk about like oh, NFC as a whole? Right. So I talked about that. Um, I you know I figured um, we would talk about that with Trout, but then we went off on uh, some other players. Good tangent, yeah. Oh yeah, if we were to go back to that, um, just uh, we talked about Posey briefly. Do you think Bart, Bob Bart is the backup? I don't think so. I mean, I know they don't have vote anymore. Uh, I'm going to pull up their roster resource page because I can't think of anybody who would be a catcher relevant. Uh, relevant. Is Ramos Ramos Garcia? I think they have. Is um, it? I don't know. I have and to pull they, it can't, up. they could go out. They could go out and sign. I'm sure there's somebody that's a free agent somewhere that they can get because I don't see them starting the clock on Bart. They're not competitive, and they have no reason to pull Bart up. That's my biggest thing is that they have literally no reason. I drafted him after the Posey news. Like Rob like, Brantley, whoever what? that is. What? Yeah. That's it's not, it was, resource. Isn't that like a retired closer in the Giants? No, Rob <laughs> Brantley is the ke- the backup oh. catcher on the bench right now. <laughs> Hold on, San Fran Giants roster. Oh, oh, they might have somebody on the sixth, on the thirty man, whatever. Let me see. They have. I'm trying to find one here. They have. There's Garcia. Or Chadwick. A- they have Chadwick Trump. They have Tyler Heineman. And they have Heineman. Yeah, they're definitely not. Like I said, they're definitely not going to bring up Bart. Or Bailey, who they just signed. They got no one. They they got no one here, though. I agree. They have nobody, but they're also not in their competitive window. Why would they start the clock on them? I agree with that. Unless, Um, unless it applies to all minor leaguers. Remember that there's this like magical one week, basically one week without minor leaguers. They don't get. They get to bring them up without losing a year on them. I don't even see where is Bart on roster resource. Is he on the? He's on the the third the thirty man taxi. If you scroll down, yeah, he's the. Third catcher down. I'm looking at it. Player pool. It's it's called player pool on Ross Resource in a blue thing. I'm looking at the wrong research. I'm looking at the not the not the Fangraphs one. Oh, that's why I'm looking at Fangraphs. Go to the Fangraphs one. You'll find it. Uh, but yeah, he's he's there, and he's like he's one of four catchers. Patrick Bailey, the new the newly signed player, is uh, one of them. But I I honestly I don't know unless again if it applies to him, if they don't lose a year and can bring Bart up after a week, then that's possible. That's the thing. It's like, I don't really know what to expect of these rookies. Like, you saw – we'll talk about it. I actually said because of that week thing, I, there's a couple guys I expect to be up for teams I expect to be competing or trying to compete. So I went ahead and pulled the trigger on a couple young guys here at one point because I needed the upside. Hey, you bastard. I like those guys. You know, <laughs> yeah, this my, these are my first shares of them. But then I got, so, someone, but then I got someone you liked. I'm sure – oh, yeah, but it wasn't nearly as as – like yeah he wasn't nearly as oh yeah there he is i see that you got a couple guys I like but yeah i didn't want him at the, that point. the, the last guy the last guy i took or one well, of yeah, the the last guy, got, well yeah say the last pitcher you took yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah we're gonna get to it yeah we'll get to it I, wait so on roster resource i'm not seeing the the the, the 30 man pool i just scroll see down all the way to the bottom you scroll to it's like you get past the injured players if you go to the team you're on the actual team page right oh there it is projected 30 man roster there's a player pool it's also says player it just says player pool oh. right here for me. Oh, player pool. There it is. Okay. I got you. And then it has like, all the players infield and uh, – Oh, I thought you said Trump. Is Chadwick Trump. Trump? Trump. Yeah, I thought, I thought you said Trump, like Donald uh, Trump. Like, I mean, they, 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 got, they got a Trump on their Giants? That's really what you searched all this for, just to see that? No, no. I, I, was, I actually okay. wanted to see, I wanted to see um, like, what other catchers there. They're just uh, – Nothing. Heineman and Trump. And then okay, so where, where, is Aram, where is Aramis Garcia? Is he injured? I thought he was injured, maybe. Let's see. Um, there he is. I mean, he's, he might he, be. Yeah, he's injured. Hip surgery. 
is injured. That was in February, so I don't know if it's still. And it was yeah. right. Yeah, he was placed virtually on the IL on the 30th of June, so I doubt he's going to be ready for the season. Oh no, if, you're ready for ready the start. So I don't know. Um, personally, <laughs> I would I would take my chances on Bart as the backup for Posey if I had to choose someone on the on the Giants. Because the rest of these guys, you know, like I've never heard of them. Well, obviously, you're not drafting any of these other players. Bart is worthy of a very late round flyer, and especially in a DC, he's probably worthy of like as your catcher three. He's worth the upside pick because he's probably not going to go before pick 400 still. No, I got him like in the four fifties, I think. Yeah, and I, 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 we haven't even reached that in our draft, and I could see it, but I still might not take him there. I wouldn't really want to, unless I have Posey. I'm not really looking at him. That's another thing. Yeah, I don't want to. It's more of a handcuff situation. I agree. Yeah. But, so um, let's let's talk about the NFBC because you're you're in several drafts and you and you did some several several early drafts with me uh, and we talked we we're talking about the new season and that's one thing now the players opting out that's another thing so talk about the decision that they made um, I know you're not in as many as a lot of the others that, that have been on this podcast and you haven't sunk in as much money but you still have you still have a good chunk of uh, you still have a good chunk of money into these into these drafts uh, yeah I won't be the first, I won't be like I won't act like I have as much as Near, nearly as much as you have into him, or uh, John, or other, or even Toby, like or Matt, you guys, or Matt, or Matt, Matt. So I think Matt sunk a lot into Modica. Yeah, oh Modica yeah. for sure, and he was. Yeah. I've heard him talk about it. Yeah, and those are guys that, like you guys, obviously have all taken it more serious, and you guys just have more funds than me to put into it. Is really what it was. And I was actually, what it was, is I was actually going to get into more right in that March area, right when they started talking about the season getting delayed. So I, st- I decided not to. Whereas most smart. of you guys did. I decided not to sink more money into it. That's really what it was. I actually had the money. I was ready to buy one of those three packs and just dive in again with you. And I was like, no, because I yeah, saw you did, you did say that. You're like, we got to get into another DC, and then all the all the shit went down. And then I just said, I said, and I decided not to. So that's all it was. Was actually me for for once refraining from drafting, which isn't my usual way of going about things. But regardless, uh, I don't have as much. So it's hard for me. Like, I I don't want to sound biased, and I I'm actually I I voiced my opinion. I was okay playing these out. I didn't necessarily agree with the reasoning, but I was okay playing them out. When they sat there, and I know I'm echoing John's sentiment essentially. When they sat there and said that they're refunding the OCs because of I forgot the reasoning, but basically talking about the DCs are fair because everybody drafted it, you know for a full season or blah 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 player pool, whatever the reason was. I was like, that's kind of backwards. Like the idea of having a free agent pool makes way more sense because now guys getting COVID, which again, we knew the risks, like, especially if you got into those second chance leagues, you knew some of the risks of getting guys that are going to get sick, whatever. But then now with guys opting out, that's a whole other thing. I'm sorry. I didn't expect Trout to opt out. I expected him to miss time. He was dropping my ranks because of that. But when I heard him actually talk, and it sounds like it's almost like 60-40, he's going to drop drop out, I think. I'm leaning pessimistically when it comes to Trout. And like something like that, that's a huge shift in the balance. You're taking – a t- you're taking Trout, who was at top three pick from pretty much from last November or October, whenever they opened up, all the way until probably up until about a week ago. Any draft that's happened, he's been a top three guy, unless he fell to four on occasion, which I'm sure he did. And now you're taking him out. All those teams playing for an overall just took a huge hit and pretty much have no chance of winning the overall. Do they? Will they have? Do they have no chance? No, but it's like their their chance. Their odds just took a huge hit. And you're gonna sit, and the, I don't see how they're gonna be able to justify holding people to those teams that had, especially you know, you losing losing one of those types types of players is not just, and it wasn't to injury, it wasn't to illness, it was to the player just deciding not to play. How is that something that we could have ever guessed? That's why I'm like really torn on them somehow, like holding on to these leagues, especially if somebody like that opts out. 
And if another say say it's him and say someone else even decides to go with him, I can't think of a big name. I haven't heard anybody. Maybe Freeman decides to stay out now. Freeman was a you know early to mid second round pick a lot of the times. Yeah, and that's a big hit too. Like Freeman decides, you know what? It's better better for my family not to play this year, and especially after already having it. Maybe he feels like I don't want to further my risk and get maybe getting it again or you know, put my family through this again. You just don't know. And these are big name guys. You can't just ignore this. It's a huge shift in balance, a huge, and that might give a boost to a team that wasn't necessarily going to win the overall prior to facing a team, you know, gaining the extra points from facing this team that just couldn't compete in this league with trout, which again, that's kind of balanced across all the leagues. So maybe that doesn't play into it. It's just, I don't know. A Mike trout kind of shifts the balance and shifts the thinking of if we should be playing these early leagues out, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Um, so I, I think there's really two answers. One, one is an answer to the, all the drafts that would happen way, way back. But then all the drafts that are happening now, like before people opting out, but like after the season started, and even the ones that are like your second chance draft champions, the ones that were going on in May, when you knew, you knew things were going to get fucked up. I still believe all those new drafts, like starting at least from like at least April, they should play out no matter who got, who opts out and stuff like that because you you're 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 just you're entering a war zone <laughs> essentially you know you know it's like it's gonna be it's gonna be messed up like the, I I I came into it knowing players could just refuse to play like from months ago so I was drafting I I know there's a chance that like my my first round pick like I've taken a lot of Acuna as number one like I knew he like there's that percentage chance that he could opt out. I mean, I haven't been. I personally have not been drafting. To be honest, I know you've been drafting this whole time. Yeah, yeah, I have. I, I just couldn't, and I still like. And I was like, oh, cool, I'm back into drafting. I'm gonna get in a few more of these leagues. I'm gonna have some fun. And now with all this consistent news of people uh, get, coming down with COVID or possibly opting out, I'm waiting again. I know. I understand going back to your um, strategy that there is strategy to this. I mean, obviously, a lot of it's guessing game. But now, that, now that we now that we have the names of who's like testing positive and who's not you kind of have this, a sense of who's going to play it. And now it's a matter of avoiding people who are going to opt out, which can be random. Like no one saw David Price doing this. You know what I mean? He was, the, this is the same guy who paid minor leaguers out of his own pocket. I know. And now, uh, yeah. he, and yeah, now he's true. not making any money this year. Like crazy. That's just a case, that's just a case of um, somebody being way, way overpaid and having way too much money. <laughs> I guess so. Either way, though, it's yeah. uh, it's impressive. Good kudos to him. But man, it's I, like, I honestly think David Price just feels guilty because of how bad he is and how bad he's played and how much money he's getting paid. He's like, how do I? He's like, I don't deserve this money. How do I give it back? So he's like, okay, I can give a thousand bucks to all these minor yeah. leaguers. At least. I'm sure. I'm sure that's what it is. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. He's like, I can give him. I can give this money to the minor leaguers. He's like, okay, what else can I do? He's like, I'm getting paid. What's his What's his contract? Like thirty million bucks. He's getting it's like, impressive money. Getting forty percent of that. Forty percent of thirty million, roughly twelve million bucks. He's like, oh my god, getting 12, paid twelve million dollars. That's way too much. He's like, I don't know what, what to do. I've already given my money away to the minor leaguers. He's like, ah, I guess just like I'll give it all away. I won't play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. But although these guys already got fifty percent of their contracts, didn't they? Um, they did get paid already. Part like that was a part of this whole program. I'm not exactly sure how it works. I know they got paid like through May, but that might be like, like they might end up only like getting the like the 40% of like, let's say they do like, say, let's say 60 games is 40% of the season. Um, and they got paid through May, which is also like two out of six, which is like 33% of the season. So they only get like 7% of their salary left to, to pay out. I don't know how, I don't know exactly, exactly how it works. Yeah, I don't either. I just know that they, my point is those, a lot of these guys, all these guys already have some form of, 
money from this season though. So guys like him are making more than your average player, the higher end of the salaries probably can afford to opt out. So that's a whole nother thing. And then obviously you got to figure in there's a lack of news. There's a lot of the strategy, but I don't know. Like that's why I'm leaning. I'm kind of leaning back and going to draft a little later. I know it's kind of the chicken shit way of going about it, but I honestly, as somebody like right now, I'm trying to write news and notes and figure out who's doing what and where there's just, there's so much going on. It's so chaotic that I'm just avoiding drafts right now because I don't want to. And another thing is like this draft we're in, I feel bad for Chris Towers who took trot at three. I feel, I feel terrible for him. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if Tro if doesn't play, then yeah. But, and that's the thing. I don't want to, I shouldn't feel guilty when I play fantasy sports and I know it's not my fault because I'm not taking trout. But I still like, especially but again, Trout might play. We we can't say he's not playing. But if he doesn't play, that's I don't know. I feel almost guilty. But at the same time, whoever got Trout in these leagues is reaping the benefits. So you have to understand. It's almost like fantasy football, where you see Dalvin Cook and this whole and 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 Zeke and all these guys over the last couple of years kind of holding out for contracts. Melvin Gordon, you gotta yeah, take your risk. It's a, it's a risk reward thing now. But you don't see this in baseball, so it's I, unprecedented, and we're not used to we're not used to dealing with this. I think it's fine because you know what? I don't feel bad for Towers anymore. I just looked at his team. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's actually pretty, pretty solid. No, 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 I don't feel bad because I think he's purposely drafting players that aren't going to play. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he grabbed Lestella, too, at the bottom there. No, rumors. no, he drafted Jim Carlos Stanton oh. in round five. Well, so, I, that was oh, – yeah, no, Stanton's healthy. Stop it. Oh, come on. He's healthy. What? What does that mean right now? He's fine. I'm, I'm a Stanton guy, though. I almost took, I Stanton. I almost took Stanton right there. And well, then you, got, he took, you, got, you got lucky. Holy crap, he took Nola too on accident. Like the round before that. And he got busted busted Posey too. Did he really? Oh, he did down here. Yeah. And Lestella, who I've heard something about Lestella not playing or something. Oh, did you? I haven't heard anything about that. Something I don't know. I don't know where I heard that. Maybe it was like somebody just tongue in cheek type of comment, but yeah, it's funny. His team's kind of hurt. He's taking all the angels. He's got Rendon Trout, Lestella. Nice. Anyway, all right. Well, we we just broke down his team. I yeah. like his team though, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, if, oh, that's my if, opinion. If, if Trout plays, yeah. So why don't we? Um, why don't we? Well, go? I'm curious to your opinion because you asked me mine. I have you. Have you given yours ever since we talked about the opt out thing? Or I, if you have already, we can skip it. I wasn't sure. What's, what's that? Your opinion on how NFBC should handle? Oh, you actually did oh. a lie. You mentioned the anything since April should stick. And you. Can oh yeah, I absolutely any- believe anything. Anything since like middle of March that started drafting, whether what, no matter what kind of league it was, I think that should stick because. I think you got to be living under a rock to not realize that this season could be messed up. I think you're just, you've just, you've just missed, you've just plain missed something and, and you're still drafting. So it's, it's basically, it's your fault if you're, if you're upset and you drafted after March like 12th. But before that, I, I wanted to play them all out to be honest, because yeah. I, I, and I've, I've said my opinion. I think it's a lot of, um, there's, there's any number of things that could go on COVID or non COVID and you just got to, sort of roll with it this is not this is not a hundred percent skill this game no but the opt-outs and stuff it's, like that it's, that it's kind of throws a wrench into things that we never had to deal with that's where I, I'm I get it i get like the people that are making those points aren't wrong like i like those points are correct but i'm saying like i prefer to keep on playing i think there's more there's more reasons in my head to keep playing than not keep playing and yeah i've talked about it before but yeah I'm not, that's, that's, no, I, that's, that's where i stand I got you. Hey, you, you have your opinions. They can be wrong, but you have them. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> let's get, we can get on with this. Oh, for sure. All right. So let's look at you. Let's look at you. Let's look at your team and we'll look at the board after that. So we'll sure. go through, we'll go through your team. I've already gone through my team with Toby. So we won't do, we won't do that again. Okay. Uh, 
And then uh, we did go through your team a little bit with Toby because I just because of your strategy. I was interested to hear his thoughts on your strategy because just to just to spoil it a little bit, you waited on starting pitching. Um, um, and then after that, we'll go through some like we'll we'll see how far we can get through the draft on based on our time. But uh, we'll go through like what what picks or what are some real surprises I guess based on new things that are happening in this draft that wouldn't have happened before. And then picks that we liked and picks that we think maybe went a bit early. So uh, why don't, why don't you go ahead and uh, run us through your team? All right, yeah, that's fine with me. Uh, Acuna at one, I feel like you can argue Hammer Yelich, and honestly, Betts can. There's a this has turned into a top five when it comes to hitters, or yeah, top five. Acuna, Yelich, Betts being my top three in that order, and then Bellinger and Turner enter that, and I would take Turner as high as a four personally behind Betts. I wouldn't. I, I just love the I love the skill set. I think the steals can be elite. I think he is what we want Mondesi to be, and you're paying for that. I get that, but we saw him steal. I think what was it three stolen bases on opening day last year? There's no way he's not running in a shortened season. To be honest, in my opinion, no, I, think I think he's he, running. I think him alone, being that he's not he's a non-zero in other in every other category, is a huge benefit to your team. And if you say you took Turner in the if I took him first overall and then built the rest of the team I did around him, that would have made a lot of sense too. But I took Acuna because I think Acuna offers offers just a little less speed potential, but a lot more power and the counting stats will come as well. So obviously Acuna at one for me was a no brainer at this point, a little risk, a little reward. Cause I think Yelch is a favorite pick. And again, I'm setting my five category base with batting average being the only thing I need to keep in mind. So when I got to the second round and saw Devers fell to 30, I'm not a Devers guy. I do think he is good. I think he's a great player, actually. I just never really – he's always gone – he's never made it this far to me. So maybe that's what another thing is. I've never had a chance to take him. And usually a guy like where you took Albies, because I knew you were going to take him because you knew he wouldn't make it back with me picking at the turn. Right. And <laughs> Albies was who I wanted. But when I saw Devers fall, I was like, well, that compliments Acuna really well. I think Devers – gives you a little bit more of a floor with the batting average and just a solid player. I think he just gives you a, you know, helps out with the power, helps balance out everything, the RBI, just not the stolen bases. I'm not, I always stole, I think nine or 10 last year. I'm not counting on even three to five this year. If he gives me them, that's fantastic, but I'm counting on him to be like three is the ceiling. Cause we saw him steal like all his bat bases in the first half and in the second half, he, he stole one bag. Like that was it. He had one stolen base in the second half. I believe it was. Well, if he stole so, five, if he stole five this year, he'd be on a bigger, better pace than last year. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I'm not, I'm not going to, but, I'm not drafting with any expectations is what I'm saying in stolen bases. Yeah. So, so you're, you're drafting with like token stolen bases. In, in yeah. Like if he throws in one or two, I'm cool with that type of thing. So now I'm sitting here. This is where, honestly, I got really, I was really torn. There was Luis Castillo and Clayton Kershaw and Kershaw, I think is actually becoming the safer pitcher in LA than Bueller in terms of what to expect, at least initially. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, I, I can use this. Obviously I have Devers and Acuna. This is a great start. A great, I like how this would look on my team. I looked ahead and thought, maybe I can get you Darvish next round. Maybe I can get – maybe Glassnow will fall. Again, then wasn't sure. I thought you were going to end up getting Castillo, to be honest, but we'll talk about that. So I thought maybe Glassnow might fall. Maybe, you know, maybe even Paddock will fall. Like, I, like these are guys I'm okay with making my ace in a shortened season because I had – I knew I was going to get a relief pitcher early to pair with them. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of a difference of, a, of an approach. I'm going to go with Ketel Marte, who – I think again is a Dever is an Acuna light, and what I mean by that is just a solid. He's a five category producer, but without the ceiling, and obviously the stolen bases are way less. So an Acuna light isn't even a fair. It's not really a fair comp. He's more like a, like I don't know. It's like a slower, a slower, more powerful Albies. I don't. I, it's hard. I, I'm I'm really bad at this whole comp game thing, but you know what I mean though. You know you're getting five categories out of him. He has the speed 
to offer more than those chip in. I, I know he only stole like 10 or 12 last year or whatever it was. I think he'll give me like five-ish this year. So it was another guy that at this point, I'm like, I'm just going to shore up offense. I'm going to get some power, some speed, batting average. I'm setting the floor. I'm setting the foundation for my offense. Yep, I like it. I love, I love your first three picks. And I have the position. I'm not, I'm not a big Devers guy myself, so, but like, it's, it's solid. But I th- I'm not a Devers guy either, but I thought the value was there when he hit 30. Like that was where I was at. I was like, because normally you see him go as early as like the mid twenties, yeah, early twenties yeah. even. But and he wasn't even my ideal my ideal choice. I just saw the I thought there was value there, and I'm all about taking players when I think there's value. But then at the same time, I kind of reached on Marte. Like I know Marte usually is like a mid third guy, sometimes a late third guy, and I took him at the turn, which isn't very common. I just thought he fit my team very well, and that positional flexibility is a huge bonus in a shortened season. Yeah. Because now I can just move him around based on injuries and such. I was actually considering Marte um, uh, if he fell to me like six six picks later or five picks later. but Which you probably would have. If I didn't take him, I almost guarantee he would have fell to you. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 because you did take him. Uh, that's probably the earliest I've seen him go. Um, however, I, I, <laughs> the next earliest is always me. I'm always reaching on, on Marte. But I've seen him actually go in the fourth round. Um, oh, man. Like, that's early, like early, early, I've got him in the fourth round. Um, Several times, like um, particularly earlier on. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I could see like if he makes it around that bend, a lot of people because again, a lot of people aren't in on Marte. I'm really in on him, and I think he is just such a solid again, such a solid solid foundational piece. And he's very similar to Albies. That's exactly just a little little more power, and you got the position flexibility too. And I think that's under again an underrated aspect of the game in this format so okay so now i'm looking so now the fourth round comes around i'm, I'm hoping again i was expecting grinky to maybe fall because i really like grinky in a short season because i think ratios are really hard to make up i think ratios and somebody as strong as grinky with the ratios no matter the season i expect him to be a great pitcher with ratios the k's are going to struggle but my goal was to pair zach grinky with a high k guy hater was on my, my I, i'm not a hater guy it's my first share of haters since draft season started in november for me and I wanted, but I was like, you know what? With the with the base of offense I've built, I need to hit pitching hard. And I wanted Grinky and Hater here. And I wanted, or I wanted uh, Paddock and Grinky uh, and Hater. Or I was, even, or even um, heck, I would have taken, I would have taken uh, Grinky and Paddock. Either way, I, I wanted one one pitcher here. I wanted my ace here. The problem is, is before my fourth round pick, which is what thirty. <laughs> uh, I can't do the math. Was that 15, 30? Is that pick? That's pick 60. Yep. The 60th pick, there was 20 starting pitchers off the board already. <laughs> like, okay, cool. I don't – and at this point, Nola was the end of a tier for me prior to – this was before the – this was prior to the COVID. Uh, IL, he's been on he, – he just got put on like yesterday. So, I'm like, well, crap. I don't want to start – I'm not reaching a starting pitching because the next best pitcher per ADP – was like um i believe it was bauer bauer was like the next best pitcher according to adp i didn't want bauer and i I know lazardo was an option he was there frankie montas but we're talking at 60th overall i thought i'm like all these guys feel like a reach i'm like screw it i wouldn't take lazardo there no like these were these are just guys i'm looking at like on the draft board now that were like the next couple guys off the board sunny gray was another name i considered and he probably would have been a smart play there to be honest but i decided to say screw it I'm going with Josh Hader for sure. And we'll talk about that in a second. And Nelson Cruz, which so much for my, my positional flexibility just took a huge hit. But now I, I looked at my team. I'm like, I have a little bit of speed floor. I have some runs. I have RBIs. Home runs with Acuna Endeavors, I still felt my home runs needed to be sure up because I know Acuna can hit uh, home runs and bunches, but Devers 
with a juice ball, what put up 30, like that doesn't instill confidence in the power production. So I was like, let me just sure up my power. Now I have Nelson Cruz who's going to hit the middle of probably the best lineup or one of the best at lineups in baseball in in the easiest division for hitters, probably in baseball. And you get to face the pirates. <laughs> like <laughs> on top of on top of facing the Royals, the um the Tigers, and people want to act like the White Sox are fantastic, but the White Sox, their pitching staff is far from great. That's why he gets, they, he gets uh, to face the Tigers uh, the Pirates once, right? I don't know. Is it once or twice? I don't know. Well, I, I think, like, but we don't even know for sure. Uh, I think it's at least twice. It's at least twice. Really? I know that. <laughs> no. Two or three times. Yeah, because if it's oh, no, are, you talking, are you talking about games or series? Uh, games. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So I'm thinking four, four, probably, probably four times. I would say at least at least two to four. Yeah, I can't say – or three to six. It depends on which way they get it. Now, Regardless. Our, in, the, in our – just a quick segue here. In our, in our um, other draft, um, we were having a Zoom call, and um, Matt, Maddie, um, Maddie Wood – um, he was saying, he was asking the question, um, do you think they go back and forth between cities? Like if they play four games, like, so if, if Minnesota plays Pittsburgh four times, do you think they go two and two or do you think they play all the four games in the same city? Because that matters because that would matter for like Trout going to Colorado. So like schedule hasn't been released yet, which is another huge advantage or a huge disadvantage of drafting early. So now, you know, like, like your, your, your Oakland A's, are they going to get to play in Colorado or are they not? That's somewhat of a pretty big factor. No, you're 100 percent correct, and that's something that you'll see that you'll see rankings and everything adjust accordingly tomorrow when uh, you see stuff gets you know we see. Does it come out tomorrow? Does it, it comes does out it, Monday? Tomorrow's oh. Monday, right? Yeah, comes out tomorrow. Oh wow, that's uh, that's, that's exciting. That like, is. So I, I, what I said to him is, I doubt like they don't even like interleague play. You don't even go back and forth between cities. So like they, I know the Blue Jays, they they'll play like they'll, they'll play the Phillies in Toronto, but they don't go and play Phillies in, in Philadelphia necessarily. Like it's not it's not even. So like if they're not even worried about evening it out in normal circumstances, there's no way they're gonna make the travel back and forth to do the two and two home and home um, for like the interleague play. So I think you're you are gonna see an unbalanced um, schedule in terms of like say like Mike Trout may or may not go to Colorado even though he's facing the Rockies. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Uh, okay. Sorry, I, sorry to interrupt. I'm, no, it's a it's a good point. It's something honestly. I, I'm not gonna lie and act like I, I I thought about that. I I didn't. I didn't factor that. At least I didn't. I mean, didn't. Not only did I not think about it, but I definitely didn't factor it into my draft. You can't. Yeah. You can't, you can't. Yeah, because you don't know. But it's definitely a, a food for thought. And now it's gonna bother me for the rest of the day until the <laughs> schedule tomorrow. But. Josh Hader, he was a hot topic on drafts because I, I posted it on Twitter and I was getting feedback and a lot of people hate the pick. A lot of people, lot of people love the pick and there's no in between. And I wasn't a huge fan. I'm not a huge, again, I'm not a huge fan of grabbing a closer this early, but Hader is the exception because I think I'm going to get high-end Ks, high-end ratios with wins and steals. I expect, oh, steals and, uh, and saves. I expect him to get mo- more saves than maybe I thought initially. The more I think about it, the more it makes sense that he'll get, more saves than he does wins. I thought maybe he'd get five and five, kind of split the difference and have a really solid, just overall five category pitching potential. I still think he'll get like two or three wins, but lean towards like the 10 ish save more mark, which again, that's, that's pretty elite from Josh Hader. I just don't know again, what to expect because multi inning outings, not pitching back to back days will limit his save potentials. People need to understand you aren't getting the full-time closer for the, uh, for the, for the brewers when you draft Josh Hader, because he's going to, just because of how they're use, going to use him. But with that hey, said, I got a question for you because this guy was just drafted and you missed him. Or I don't know if you missed him if you wanted him, but um, Knebel, he, he just got drafted on the other end of the draft. So if I had Hader, I'd probably mm-hmm. be interested in maybe um, browsing um, Corey Knebel. 
He was on my short list. I'm not going to lie. I just, but then that report came out today, which made me off of him. So this, it literally just dropped before we start. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that as well. That as he well. might not be ready for opening day. So if Knebel's already not training towards being ready, possibly, or even if he is ready, how confident are they going to be to put him in a high stress situation with, you know what I mean? Like right away anyway. So I'm not terribly concerned, but you're right. If like Knebel, I understand if you're chasing saves because this team might be in particular. This team seems to be chasing saves a little bit, so I get why they did it. But they unless got, yeah, I'm, they got Hunter Harvey, Nick yeah. Nick Anderson, and Knebel. Yes, they are chasing saves, so I understand that pick. But I personally don't want anything to do with Knebel if I'm not the hater owner. I think there's too much unless I'm unless I'm in this situation where I'm chasing the uh, the saves. I'm the opposite. I've been sort of been fading hater and um, grabbing Knebel. I I can understand it. I'm just more or less thinking. I think they're going to take too much from each other for one to be terribly valuable. Like for I think Hayter takes too much for Campbell to be valuable on his own, but he also fits a certain team. He fits like if he's your third closer or if you want to speculate on a third closer, he makes sense because now you're taking a shot. But at the same time, if you're chasing saves, I, I also understand it, but I think it's, those are the situation. I don't know. I'm not a huge Knievel guy outside of if I have Hater, to be honest. Just And then, again, this kind of made me lean that way a lot more this morning, looking at – I know it's early in summer camp or whatever, but hearing that's never like – you're hearing it this early on, I'm already going to kind of just fade it and be like, you know what, let somebody else have him. Because now you have to pick when you start him. That's a whole nother like – daily leagues, he's more valuable because you can kind of plug and play. But in weekly leagues, you have to play him – Hope they str- hope that you play him through struggles. And what if he only gets you one save that week? Is he worth, was, was he really worth blowing up your ratios for it? Right, and like, then in the NFBC, you can't change out your pitchers on the Friday. You can only change your hitters. So yes, and that's a whole nother. So is he really worth a weekly? Like, I trust me. I thought I beat myself up thinking about should I take him? Should I not? When should I take him? And now I don't have to think about it anymore. Now I can kind of just go about my business. But the thing about Hater again, twenty starting pitchers went off the board. I didn't want to take starting pitchers here. I didn't feel comfortable. I was like, there's no difference-making potential here. There's nobody here that really stands out. I'm going to go Josh Hader and make him the anchor of my pitching staff. Set me up right with ratios, Ks, and, and some saves. I thought that was all like, all right, screw it. We're going to do this. I really liked that idea. And, again, I took Nelson Cruz here. Just a sharp offense because I wasn't – at this point, I wasn't going to reach on pitching. And then in the sixth and seventh on that turn, I think it paid off because although Brandon Woodruff isn't known to go deep in the games – that team needs to save their bullpen for a lot of their pitchers. I think Woodruff's going to be given the opportunity to go five to six innings, which is all I need from a, from a starter. You know what I mean? I just want five or six innings. And I think Woodruff will be able to get there sooner than later and will also be able to uh, – won't, won't have such a short leash if he struggles in like four and a half innings in, like if he needs to just get through the fourth inning or fifth inning or whatever, the fourth inning to pitch five. Well, you, know what I mean? you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. To get through to, to the win, to win potential. Plus, I'm also buying into a lot of what he did last year, and a lot of people just aren't. I think he's a solid, safe pitcher, or safer than a lot of people want to. I really love that turn, the, the Woodruff and Barrios turn, because I, you, Barrios, said, you said you were looking at them. Oh, sorry, I, I spoiled it, but um, you were saying you're looking at Sonny Gray before. I think I I prefer Barrios to Sonny Gray. I still prefer Sonny Gray, and Sonny Gray went before I even I – I didn't even have the chance to get him. He went in the middle of the sixth, and this is at the six seven turn. But Barrios, in a shortened season – on arguably one of the best offenses again goes back to the whole twins offense but it's the division too he gets to pitch against the pirates for whatever series probably at least at least one time more than likely he gets to face a lot of tigers a lot of royals and i know the white Sox and the indians are tough but i just like everybody has tough teams in their division and i'd like barrios to 
get a lot of easy matchups. And we know he pitches deep in the games. This, this is what he does. He is somebody who will get me a lot. There's a lot of win potential here. And I know the strikeouts aren't really there, but I think he's a high floor guy. And after considering after how I didn't get any pitches, pitchers, I wanted somebody I knew can secure me some innings. Cause I know innings mean more than like, I think innings mean more now this year than ever, as far as like per, per game innings, you know what I mean? Not overall, like compilers kind of lose a little bit, but if you get me a guy that's going to pitch me five to six for sure innings a game, and I think Barrios offers you that plus some, I want, I'll take Barrios every time. And and then I guess going from there again, I should have probably double top pitching again, but I got scared with, with speed about to be a probably not so good commodity. So on the eight, nine turn, I really should have double tap pitchers again. And because I took James Paxton, which that that addressed my K's. I think Paxton with the strikeouts can help complement Hader a bit and help bring up Barrios and Woodruff on the strikeouts. So I was like, all right, cool. I really like Paxton. I don't think those off. I think you mentioned too, the offenses aren't that great in that division. The Orioles, the Red Sox are good, not fantastic. And the, the Blue Jays are young. You're a Blue Jays fan. You get it. They're young, but they can, they can smack. They can be dangerous. They can't. That's the thing that they can be. Who knows if they're going to be? Who knows which day he gets them on, or who knows how he's effect, how effective he is against them? You don't know. They can be great. They can be terrible. We, are, I'm honestly not sure, and I don't think they even know on any given day. Regardless, Paxton, I really like the value this year. It seems like drafters haven't quite adjusted to the fact that he's completely healthy right now, and I'm like, all right, cool. So at this point, I have Hater, who who's again probably arguably the best per inning pitcher on my staff. And I, I feel like I took three guys that I have in my personal top 25. So I got three of them and I got them at great values because by stacking hitters and everybody else taking pitchers so, so early, it allowed pitching to fall, at least this area of pitching to fall. So by me not reaching on pitching, it allowed me to kind of find value on pitching as it fell to me. And on the, not, on the, on the turn, I took Tommy Edmond. I've kind of been, um, voicing my optimism on Edmund. I don't, the only downside is I think he's going to hit in the bottom half of the lineup, which again, at bats are also something we want in a short season. Yeah, John talked little, about that. I don't know if you listened to that. Yeah, I did. I, I heard John mentioning that. And that's my only thing. Like I know I took him over Biggio who actually went right net right after him, but that's because I think Edmund has a skill set that catered to my offense better. I think he offers the same amount of steals, if not more, the reason, the only reason why he wouldn't offer more steals or stolen base upside is because Biggio is, on ba- is an on-base machine batting top of the lineup, and he's actually really efficient too. So Biggio, probably, I probably should have taken him, but I didn't want to take the hit to the batting average. So I might have taken Edmund, who might not offer the same amount of stolen bases, but I think offers a higher floor and batting average and allows me to continue to build off this team and take risks a little later on for statistical needs. Right. And, that that, that's, and then, of course, the dual position eligibility. He's second and third base eligible. Edmund is so now I have two second basemen and they're both I what I feel are quality second basemen on in a position that's again very tough to fill in a 15 teamer so I'm good there sure and then of course in the 10th round the 10th 11th turn I took Sal Perez who one of my top six catchers he just fell to what I felt was a great value and it was my again this is a two two catcher format so getting Sal Perez as my first catcher allowed me to kind of wait on catcher as as we see because I have not May, uh, pick my second catcher yet <laughs> so we'll we'll see if i do that soon uh hint hint i know you're picking before me and you're pick coming up but i am eyeing a catcher so if you want to get yours go for it i'm looking but, I'm, I'm actually coming up soon i'm looking at the board as we speak and I'm, i just i just looked through the catchers right now and it's as about you, to fall off a cliff it's about to fall off a cliff so yeah, but when? Into, I, i'm probably going to take one this round uh, i would suggest you do the same buddy uh and i hate taking catchers i always hate taking catchers hmm. I don't even know which one I want. <laughs> and 
So so we get so we're here again. It's the it's a tur- it's the ten eleven turn, and I'm I'm looking pitcher again. I'm like I need a pitcher. Saves are flying off the board. I'm like I saw guys there. There's guys like Hector Neris who have COVID that you took that I'm not as confident in as getting healthy in time. Especially we don't know if he's symptomatic. They haven't re- he hasn't released that information or given anybody the okay release information. Neris could be perfectly fine and healthy, a- asymptomatic. But we don't know this. We just know that he has he's on the COVID IL. Keona right. Kella, I like him a lot, but he's on the Pirates, who I expect them to try to sell him in this trade deadline. So the saves are short lived. Brandon Workman. I'm torn on. I picked him. I think he's the best of those players, but he's also on a team that in Boston that could be selling him come the trade of the line. That concerns me. I should have known better. Like their pitching staff is really bad too. I know, but when they win, I expect expect it to be closer games. Okay. That's where I'm at. So I expect it, but at the same time, if Boston starts off hot, you know, damn well, they're not going to sell off to to lose. They're going to go for the playoffs. It's it's a big market team. They'll, they'll push for it. If they're, if they're close enough to come the trade deadline, but regardless, I took Brandon Workman. I, I'm just going to bet on the skill set here a little bit. I know there's um, concerns with being traded as well, as well as Kella, but I like Workman more. And I wanted to get more saves because I thought Hayter wasn't a secure enough save option for me. Right. And then the 12-13 turn came around, and I tell people I got busy, to be completely honest. There's a reason why my nickname is CBK. I love naps. I napped right through this turn here. <laughs> and they were the top of my queue, but I use my queue to pull players. I don't necessarily put my, my preferred players at the top. Does that make sense? I don't know how you. Yeah, no, I do. Your... I do. I do that too. I'm doing that right now. So I, so I took. I, I was taking a nap. I slept right through my pick. I got Will Smith, who actually got was also you know the whole COVID thing came out about him yesterday as well. So I have two COVID players in the last three rounds. But again, I picked them before this. But Hunter Dozier, who I was okay with Hunter Dozier here. I actually the guy I wanted. I actually ended up getting in the next round anyway. So the Hunter Dozier pick makes you really happy because it's another dual position guy. He has voiced his opinion and wants to run more. He actually wants to be more aggressive on the base paths. And we saw him have his like little mini breakout last year. And I think he dealt with some injury here and there. That's why it wasn't a full breakout. I, I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember if that's him. You look at so many players over these months that they start meshing together. Pretty sure that was Dozier, though. And I just like what I have there is power, speed if he actually gets his wishes, and multi-positional eligibility, third base and outfield. Perfect. I was cool with the hitter there, but I wanted a starter here. Now, let me look. Honestly, I haven't looked. It's my first time. Who would I have taken there as a starter? Probably wouldn't have thought about the fact that I need Ks still. And so Workman worked out – or Will Smith worked out because Will Smith will be kind of like a hater role. And I looked at his K percentage and K per nines, and they were really solid uh, as a reliever. So he's okay. I needed the strikeouts, though. I still need strikeouts. So we'll talk about how I address that in a little bit. But I was like, I was like, all right, screw it. I mean, I don't have a choice now. You know, I auto-drafted it. But I, I'm trying to work around it. So I have – what I have here between Hayter and Smith, I think I'll get enough saves for like one and a half closers between the two. And Workman will help. So between the three, between Workman, Smith, and Hayter, I think I have two closers is what I'm saying. At least two closers worth of saves. I will not win the save category, but I'll probably finish like fifth to seventh, which is fine because that's my weak category anyway. It's like one of my – At hurting your other starting pitchio, starting pitch, starting pitchio, starting ratios. I'm trying to say starting pitcher and ratio. Like you're starting pitcher stats because you're going to use three roster spots on two – saves people um it's definitely not gonna help but that's why i think i'm gonna i took the approach i did with pitchers towards the end here i'll kind of fast forward i, I took garcia and Didi gregorius gregorius was at my first was actually my first shortstop and we talk about shortstop being kind of a position of depth but the problem is is it's so good that you see people scoop up two shortstops as their middle infielder and as their shortstop so shortstop thins out relatively quickly. So I have one shortstop and it's DD, which I'm okay with because I need I could I'll take the pop at this point anyway. 
but it just goes to show you that shortstop, although it's deep, it gets pulled, you know, it thins out quick because everyone uses it and needs them. Yep. And Avisel Garcia was a guy I wanted in the 13th round that I got in the 14th. I think with the DH, he plays every day in Milwaukee, and we're talking about a power speed combo with a good batting average. So another guy that's just going to get me a little of everything. And then, of course, this is where I address my pitching because you mentioned that you mentioned it. I wanted to take upside here, and I'm going to be streaming a lot of pitchers. It is what it is. I'm not going to be – there's a lot of pitchers. Like, the way I've set my team up, the bottom two to three of my pitchers are going to be two-star pitchers being rotated in and out every week. Best matchups get in. That's dangerous because they could blow up my ratios. I'm aware of that. But it's kind of what I have to deal with because I think I set myself up with a high four prior to that. And I grabbed Stroman to kind of help that floor kind of help the – I think he's going to be solid for ratios, not great for Ks. But I tried to t- mitigate my ratio issues here with Stroman. And then, of course, the 18-19 turn, I was like all upside. I expect them to be up after a week. Mackenzie Gore at Spencer Howard. These are guys that can be strikeout uh, help for me. These are guys that could be just – we don't know what to expect. It's all upside here. I get that. But these are guys that are like top pitching prospects, and we've seen top pitching prospects do really well in short sprints. We'll see what happens. Those are like that's where the my team gets really questionable. My pitching, my my offense is by far, in my opinion, very deep and very very like solidified. I'm comfortable with my offense. I think it's going to perform top end, like high end in this draft. It's my pitching that I totally kind of I wouldn't say screw up, screwed up, but it's there's a lot of question marks here and. Now I'm just taking a, an upside approach because I know I'm going to be stuck streaming unless Gore and or Howard perform better than we expect or perform up to maybe some people might think they can, then that's really mm-hmm. going to help. my these, these Those are lottery tickets for my team at this point because my team is lacking on pitching. So I took lottery tickets that I think will be up. And I took both Gore and Howard over Pearson, who you took. And it's just for the simple fact that I think these teams are, are competing this year, whereas Pearson might be – stuck on a team that doesn't feel like they can compete or will compete, so they might hold him down longer. But he could also be another guy that comes up after a week because I think all these guys will be up after that one week so teams can secure the extra year of service time. Yeah, I agree with you that. And I've been taking Pearson after Gore and Howard. Um, this this draft has, with with all these podcasters, it's generally been like a draft where they, those Gores and Howards and those young players are going early. Uh, earlier than I'm expecting. So I'm, those are sort of like Gore Howard have been my guys. Um, yeah. Also, my first years. <laughs> also, um, got like look, looking else, looking at this draft, uh, Kevin Crone. Well, things have changed. Like I was getting him in the four fifties, 400, sometimes like 500. Like I, I he's my most, he's my most owned player. Um, yeah. and, and, um, SP streamer took him way, way early, like in around 18. Like I think that's like in the two hundreds. Um, before, yeah. before I picked 300, which I would never, I would never touch him before then, even at this point, um, uh, because we really don't know his role for sure still. But um, so it's just too much, too much risk at this point. Like over the players that were going after him, like even like Austin Riley and Kaboom, um, the guy I took is Shavi Chavis, Michael Chavis. Um, still, I think that's a bit too early for him. Just um, he's got the upside, but I was loving him around 400. And then you took Gore and Howard. Where what picks were those? That was the seventeen eighteen turn, or no? Yeah, eighteen nineteen oh, turn. Sorry, eighteen nineteen turn. Um, what pick would that have been? That's that's generally. I was think, I was looking at Gore um, instead of um, when I took Michael Chavis in round eighteen, um, but I didn't have the first baseman, and uh, and I saw that like <laughs> I saw first baseman going off really quickly. Like Kevin Crone was gone already. Like he was sort of like my backup plan. Like Kevin Crone's a good guy to be as like your second first baseman. And then you grab some of the other diamondbacks to sort of like hedge your bets. 
So I, I'm, I'm sort of, and then I've, I'm passing on players I like more because I needed to get that first base. And I'm not even totally 100% confident in Michael Chavis. And I ended up taking Eric Thames in round 21. Who I, might I love like, Thames. I might like Thames even more than Chavis, but I'm, I'm passing up guys like who went after Eric Thames like, um, that, I, that I liked. Like the catchers, like Jack Castro and Tom Murphy just went. I could have grabbed them. I could have grabbed Knibble, who went after him, but I needed the first baseman. They were just like, they're, like I looked at the first baseman left, and there's just nothing left. Like, that oh, big, I know. Look, look, who, look who my starting first baseman is, and it's Joey because Votto. I know he's going to play every day, Joey Votto. Yeah. I'm not a Votto guy, but in a shortened season where playing time is king, you know he's playing every day, especially with the DH there. He's going to be bad. You game. don't know because he might opt out, and he look, look at his haircut. He's, he's, an, he's got an opt-out haircut. He has an opt-out hair. He's not, he's not a Donaldson. He's not a Redick. He's got, he's, he's got opt-out hair. Opt-out hair. I don't know. I mean, maybe you're right. He doesn't need the money, that's for sure. Have you heard anything? He's from Canada. I'm from Canada. Me. There is no fucking way I'm going to do anything in the States right now. Is Joey, he, uh, Votto, Joey Votto's from Canada. He, he, he went to high school like 40 minutes away from me. He's exactly the same, same grade as me. Like my buddy, was, my buddy went to high school with him. He's in the same grade as him. Um, that's funny. Did you uh, – have you heard anything, though, like up there about him not playing? Has no, that been I've, like a – No, I haven't, I haven't heard anything. But um, I wasn't sure maybe because, you know, you yeah. Canadians stick together, man. People, <laughs> I was actually looking at Evan White, but, of course, Eric Cross probably knew yeah. that, looked at my team and saw I needed a first baseman, and he just took Evan White for me because I, I like I, Evan White. Again, I was looking at him as well. And, like, it's, it's all these rookies that are getting pushed up in this draft more so than usual. I don't know. And now it's like I'm looking at guys like Jesus Aguilar I think has a – has a, play, a chance to play every obviously he's gonna play every day but will he be traded i don't know how to go about like getting some depth at first base depth at first base is gonna be tough because we're getting into an area where like miguel cabrera actually has value in this damn draft for somebody like me who has no who has joey Votto as their only first baseman right now or Pujols. i i i got stuck I, the same thing was sort of happening to me in my other draft i ended up taking albert Pujols as my second first baseman because i um, i started off with luke Voigt. So I'm, I'm relatively okay with that, but I, I took Pujols because it just – like first base just evaporates, I find. Like no, yeah, you're right. It between, does. Between and pick 100, pick 300, and 400, just, it just goes away. Well, and that's the thing. I look at it like every team has weaknesses in this type of format. They're just – every team you'll find what they're weak at. My offense, I honestly think my offense is one of the best in this league because the way I built my team, I can take a hit at first base. So that's why I didn't stress it as much. And that's why when I saw Joey Votto there, and if he – assuming he plays, because I'm assuming he is – I'm okay with his meh production because he's just a meh player. He gets on base a ton, but he's not the player he used to be in terms of batting average. I don't know if the power will return. I just know that he's on an offense that we want parts of. It's a good offense. He should bat second, and there should be a lot of runs because of his on-base skills. So I think the skill set plays just fine for my team, and he's good. and playing time is huge, and that's what I'm banking on here. Right. And that's why I'm like, I don't – again, it's not exciting. I'm not, I'm not trying to promote Joey Votto. I've been anti-Votto pretty much all offseason. Just – he was pretty much what I felt was the best available in terms of projectable playing time because Eric Dames, although I like him more on a per game basis, he's going to be platooning more than likely, even without Zimmerman there. I think he still finds his way into a platoon. He's not, he doesn't hit lefties. Well, he hits the strong side of platoon. So I'm okay with that. I just don't know. Like, I don't know. I couldn't pull the trigger, pull Thames, put Thames with uh, ahead of auto, but I will be honest. I was hoping Thames would fall back to me and you took him, and I was very upset. And you actually took Tony Disco, that round before, which is another – he's definitely my guy. Everyone knows I love Anthony, Anthony Discafani. Yeah, I like him. I like him too. Um, I saw you took Goran Howard. I'm like, fucker. And then, yeah. um, and then I'm like, okay, well, this, I'm like, I, I was eyeing Discafani for a couple rounds. And um, I actually I actually took – that's when I took Pearson. I'm like, you know what? Like, 
I'll fucking pay Mike back. I'll take um, Disclafani because he's my Goran Howard. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I actually gave you the, no, actually I didn't give the opportunity to get him because you didn't, you didn't get a chance to get him after that because I, I had two picks before you did. So, yeah. Uh, I'm okay, but I'm okay with it because again, if you look at my team, yeah, the, glare, the glaring issue was starting pitcher. And these were two guys I think will play this year. Just win. I don't know. So I got to, but the thing is those with pitcher, I've also found my strength has been drafting pitching late. So, or at least obtaining innings late. And when you look at the draft board right now, hitters are kind of thinning out, but there's so much pitching death. I'm looking at so many guys, Keuchel, John Gray, who I don't care for, but great. Lucchese, he's a guy I kind of like actually. So if he followed me, I might just take him for the, cause you know, you're going to get innings. Um, let's see who else. Cole Hamels, Griffin Canning, which I don't trust the elbow, so I'm not going to probably touch him. And he's going to be on six-man rotation, so he's only going to pitch once a week, which kills your value in a DC because you're doing weekly lineups. But regardless, yeah. like you see my point, Smarge is there. Uh, Tehran, who might have COVID, he hasn't, he hasn't shown up to camp yet for undisclosed reasons. John Means. So the problem is, though, is that there's so many of these guys here that are going to give me innings, but they hurt Ks. But now I'm wondering, because honestly, I, took to- I listened to Toby uh, talk about my team, and he was worried about my strikeouts as well. And it's a legitimate worry, but like on a team like this, could I just like if I get if I can get some good ratio guys, like a, a bunch of them on my bench, and just stream the best two start matchups, that could help my strikeout issues. And it won't again, it won't win me the category, but maybe it'll make me a middle tier strikeout guy if I because if I if I have three spots streaming every week, that can maybe put me in that in that three in that three in that middle tier of uh, of strikeouts and keep me competitive enough to give me the best chance to win the league. I mean, that's just, that's at this point, that's my, my goal at this point. I'm just going to kind of hoard this, these back end guys and then play matchups to be completely honest. That's where I'm at. Yep. I hear you. I hear you. Cause that. I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking like, cause like Pomeranz and Burns, they're at the top of my queue, but I can't, like you said, I already have three spots for leaf pitchers. I can't realistically give two more. I just can't. It doesn't Pomeranz. make any sense. I'm sorry. I, I didn't think Palmer is going to be at the top of your queue here. Oh, yeah. He's at the top of my queue right now. And I don't – I just can't – but how? How do I – but now I'm thinking, do I take him? And when Gore comes you up – You we'll, might not have the chance. Okay, you can take him because I told you that. That's fine. You're welcome. No, no, no. I, I, he's on top of my he's, he's, he's in my queue. I don't have my queue. I, I, I purposely put people on top of my queue now after, after sleeping through the last picks. I try, but, it's, but he's, in, he's in there. So, I, I'll tell you, I'm – I'm not going to tell you who else I'm looking at, but uh, he was one of the three people I was looking at. He's my main – he's one of the top guys I was looking at. But, again, I, although I need strikeouts, I need – like, I can't take – that's going to give me four relief pitchers out of nine slots on a weekly – you know, I can't, I can't do that. I'm in, the same, I'm in the same spot as you. You I, and I kind of screw, screw ourselves up with pitching. I'll tell you that I, right now. I've, Nar- I've Naris, Jimenez, and um, Osuna. As my closers. Well, you have three closers, though. You don't need more relief pitchers, but Pomeranz offers the hater role and wins. So it's one of those things, like, do we put less emphasis on Ks this year? Kind of let Ks, like, almost punt Ks, just knowing you're not – like, not you, not in general, but is that, like, a maybe a realistic strategy? Punting a category in a shortened season is probably realistic. Maybe this, this draft because um, because uh, it's not there's no overall in this draft. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, sorry. No, when there's no overall, you're correct. That is, uh, is that something that's legitimately like something yeah. we can do? To, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's tough. Yeah, I don't know if I want to take Pomeranz here. I'm up in two picks. He's one, he's one of the guys that I've been that I was considering just because, um, I think what, what did I take? I'm in another draft. I'll tell you. 
if you keep talking, I'll try and take, I'll try and figure out where I took him in the other draft. Well, the other, well, the other name that kind of goes hand in hand with Pomeranz is Corbin Burns. We just don't know what his role is. Yeah. And they're both at the top of my queue right now because I'm looking at strikeouts and wins. I think they, I think they're going to both, especially early in the season. These are two guys that are going to be the first ones out of the bullpen, especially if Burns doesn't win a rotation spot. They're going to be the first ones out of the bullpen to get those, you know, if a, if a starter struggling after two or three innings. I took him in round. I'm looking at the draft him in with Mike in the mouth, which is also going on right now. We're just further in because he, he makes you pick within two minutes. Um, I took him in the 22nd round. So that's, that's what, right that's, about, what, that's what round we're in. Oh, so that's right about where we're at. <laughs> and, right. and then, and then there's guys like, I don't know. I'm just trying to, it's tough because it's a balancing act. I don't really know what to do here to be completely honest. I'm kind of just torn. I don't think I, don't think I can take him here actually. The way your team is built. Yeah. I don't, but it would be nice to have with um, Lamette because in case Lamette doesn't go, Five and that's how I look at it with Gore. He's a nice kind of compliment to Gore, I would think. Yeah, too. I know he is. He's like, but Lamette, but like also San Diego said they're not going to limit their pitching. They're one of the they're one of the teams that um, said they're not going to limit their pitching. I think um, what's his name? Lesson Dave. Dave has yeah. a lot. He has that chart, and uh, I think he's the one that came out with that chart that has the pitching. Uh, I don't know if he did that or something. Was that Will? Was it him or Will? I know. I, I think mean, Will- maybe it was. I, I, I don't know. I saw he was putting out a lot of stuff on closers and pitching, but. And Excel sheets, maybe I don't want to say who did it, but I saw somebody had like uh, what the team's like perspectives on how they're going to handle mm-hmm. the starters. It might not have been Dave, um, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Like um, he's going to pitch how many innings does he? How many innings does Pomerantz go when he goes? Like two, three, maybe two, three. And he so pitches how many days? Probably two a week. So that's like five to set. That's a starter right there. Yeah, maybe. That's how but, I look but, at Hader. But, but maybe, <laughs> but okay. Well, also when I was when we were in the draft room in the Zoom, and I'll give um, Matty Wood, Matt, Matthew Davis, another shout out. He was talking about. Uh, I hope it was him who was saying this. Um, I'm pretty sure it was him uh, about Hader. He's saying like I. He's like I love Hader this year because they said they're not going to pitch on pitch him on back to back days, but that means he's going to pitch like always back to back. Like he's always going to pitch every other day because they're just going to use him and use him and use him because I think he's mm-hmm. on a contract here too. So if he goes every other day, that's like say three days a week, that's six innings a week with his elite ratios and the K's like yeah. maybe wins and maybe saves like one or the other like that. He's like, that's more valuable than a lot of the top end starting pitchers. Yeah. And that's, that's all that's. And I was, I've been off of hater and he kind of convinced me to get back to like, I'm not going to, I'm honestly, I'm not going to be drafting hater because he's just going too early for my taste, but that's, that, he made a really good point. Hater just fit my team dynamic at the point at the time. Honestly, that's how I looked at Hater. I wasn't thinking that far into it to be honest. Um, Maybe if you're, you're, you're team dynamic, you had no pitching. So that's why. Well, well it's <laughs> you had zero pitchers. I wanted. I wanted what dynamic. You had no I wanted. <laughs> the reason why why I say team dynamic is because I wanted somebody that stood out as a pitcher that wasn't a reach. And I think Hater was the first relief pitcher off the board. You get you're getting saves even if it's not every save opportunity. It's probably gonna be a majority of them. So you're getting saves with what we all think or pretty much assume is going to be elite ratios and Ks. That's a difference making. That's difference making at a position that nobody else has touched yet. And it gives me, and that's where I was like, well, let me at least get that because I skipped on starting pitching to that point. And now it's like, again, we're looking at what's available and there's a whole bunch of Jags here that all kind of fit the same build that I'm just like, well, why not just like screw it? Take these guys. And now my, my offense being as strong as it is, the more I look at it, 
do I really need a second catcher right now? If I play a second, if I get a second catcher who even plays three times a week, that might be good enough for this team. To be honest, I I'm think not grabbing a catcher in this round. I'll tell you I that. can't. I'm not because I'm, I'm be okay with you taking a catcher because there's a couple of them that I like very similarly, and if you you'll just make my decision easier. That's where I'm at too. And there's even guys where again, if I get a guy who plays the other like. Tyler Flowers, nothing fantastic about him, but he's going to play half the time probably behind the plate. I don't see, especially in a Freeman misses time, does Darno play some first base, allowing Flowers to play um, catcher? But we also have seen uh, reports of uh, Austin Riley playing first base, which makes a lot of sense. And obviously, um, they have uh, Duval as well. So Adam Duval is a guy to maybe look at late for power as well because he should be getting some playing time and he was crushing it, I believe. I worried about him was he has diabetes, so I was he was off my board for a while, but now it looks like he's going to play, so I was wrong on that. It's hard, yeah. Health concerns, like oh heck, Carrasco. Not only is he playing, but he's built himself up to like ninety pitches or whatever it is, or That's six nuts. innings. That's crazy. That's he'll, huge. He'll, he'll get hurt. Like hopefully, hopefully he's healthy. Like hopefully he's yeah. cancer free. But I think yeah, I think he's going to get hurt, like his arm or something like that. Maybe. I mean, but either way, that's huge for his value. He's definitely yeah. – oh, I, sure. I, don't, I don't think drafters are going to uh, are gonna really change how they view him. Right after, he went right after Bauer. Yeah, that's a that's – a, honestly, if that report came out prior to me drafting, I probably would have – where did Bauer go? Bauer, that was like after I took Woodruff. I might have taken Carrasco over Woodruff, to be completely honest. I would have. I, I might have if that report came out prior to drafting. I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do because I just like Brandon Woodruff a lot, but I know Crasco pitches deeper deeper in the games, has the track record, and I forget I always forget his name. The manager over there though always Frank, pitch, Francona. Francona pitches his pitchers into the ground, dude. He, they're going to pitch a lot of innings right from the right, right from jump. I bet he does. I wonder if Kluber pitches it as, as far into games as he, as he used to. That I don't know, Texas. I don't think I've read anything about how Texas is handling their pitchers. I think that chart said that they're going to be. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to say anything. Um, another thing I noticed in this draft before um, we get into something else is I missed like I, my team. I'm, I'm I'm looking at my team. I'm like, okay, I like Pomeranz here. He's one of the top guys in my queue as well. And then I I'm I'm short on outfield. And there's another guy that I'm not going to say that I'm looking at. Um, I've told you all my guys, and I draft after you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I'll, this is a, no, this is a guy that um, I might leave for a while. So I don't know, he might. I'm, well, I'm gonna tell you right now. If you look at my roster, I have one offensive. I have a catcher and an outfield I need to fill, but I also have Ketel Marte at second base and Hunter Dozier at corner infield. So I really don't need to fill that outfield spot. So what I'm trying to say is, pretty much, is if it's an outfielder, there's a good chance I'm not gonna take him anytime soon because it's the last position I truly need. I need to address other needs first. Okay, in this draft, all my boys in the outfield have been taken because I st- I, I ended up taking Fulty and, and and Nick Senzel in that area, I and like I, took, I, I, I like him too, especially now. And then I took Kopech. I took Kopech before I took. Um, Why would you Thor- take Kopech? He's not even on the team right now. Oh, he's gonna play. He might have COVID, but yeah, he's probably gonna play. You're right. He'll he's play. probably gonna be an opener. He's gonna be. He'll be like a hater. <laughs> There's another hater you got on your team. Another uh, relief pitcher. I don't know. Well, I don't know how they're going to use him, but I took him before Goran Howard this time just because I don't know why, but um, <laughs> I think he, I, I just, um, I like Kopech now. I, I think, I think he has a better chance of being a, he's, he's going to be in that rotation. I think um, maybe opener, maybe, maybe opener, but I, th- I think he's going to be good enough. I think he might be their second best pitcher on that staff. Anyways. So I took him, I missed on all these guys. I missed on the guys that I'm always getting um, Dylan Carlson, Sam Hilliard, 
Abisail Garcia, and I don't know, maybe there's one other outfielder. So now I'm sort of stuck on the outfield. I'm sort of stuck on outfielders. I need outfield. Oh, I know the guy you're looking at. It's one of your guys. Who? Kyle Lewis. You love no. Kyle Lewis. No, I'm not looking at him now. No. Um, oh, never mind. Jeez. No, you, you don't need to take him this early, I don't think. And oh, he, I thought you meant like in general. You said somebody you're waiting on. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, no, there's some, there's somebody I'm waiting on is not an outfielder. Oh, you said outfielder. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry. No, no, I, yeah, no. I need outfield. I need outfielders, but um, I miss- oh, there's another player. Yeah, there's a player right here I'm looking at that I really want, but can't find a spot for him on my team right now. Hmm, interesting. Well, it's up to you if you want to say anything because I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be giving you any more information. <laughs> let me just te- at least text me when you take them so i know who it was yeah yeah i will i will okay so let's, let's look at this draft um like i don't know how long we've gone here i think we've gone over an hour already but oh yeah uh, it's like an hour and a half oh, fuck. okay <laughs> well um, let's do you want to do want to look through this draft a little bit to see like any surprises round one there's nothing to say um round two nothing really much to say like i took albies early as you know and then um, but i would have taken them in the same spot to be honest probably you, you know what? It wouldn't have. Would have it, would, it was irrelevant what you were going to do at the, at the turn there because he wouldn't have lasted to me at three point six. No, I agree. I'm saying if so, I was somebody, you, somebody else would have taken him. Like he wasn't I'm okay falling. where you took him though. That's what I'm saying. Is like where you took him was probably where. Like if I was in your shoes, I probably would have taken him there too. To be completely honest, over Freeman because that was before the COVID thing with Freeman. Because I took, yes. I, I did take him over Freeman. Yes, I would have taken him over Freeman because Freeman's skill set lacks steals and i think stone bases are that much more of a commodity you see the picture that uh bubba tweeted about um or was it bubba that tweeted about the, the picture of Al- albies albies he dude he looks jacked yeah yeah he does he's like uh he's like uh kettle Marte jacked kettle Mar- yeah yeah he's 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 looking a little poofy though like like the steroids like he didn't take yeah. a good uh cutter agent afterwards <laughs> cutting agent afterwards just saying so the only, the only big thing in that round is Morton pick, what was that? Two, four, six, eight. I'm Let's okay say. with 2. Morton 8. there, though. I think okay. Morton jumps to being a top 10, top 12 pitcher. Okay, so nothing big there. So I'm looking at round Me, three. Me, personally. Yeah. Looking at round three, nothing jumps out of me in round three. Um, nope. Round four, Bichette went the fifth pick around four, which is actually a bit late for usual. Um, Blackman, um, he, in my other draft, just comparing to the other draft, Blackman went way way after um, pick round four. Well, he went into like almost round six. I think he lasted into round six, Blackman. That's overreacting to the COVID yeah, news. I, I, think, I, I think he'll I be agree. back in time. I agree. He does not He does not have an opt-out haircut. He's not going to opt-out. And he's got already. Um, <laughs> he doesn't have an opt-out haircut. I no. love that. Um, who else is there? Judge? Judge, but, Judge, yeah. That's too early, I think. I'm just wondering, because Cross auto-drafted that one and he was the top of the so i'm wondering if yeah. I mean, that, that must have been an auto draft that must have been an auto draft i don't think you would because then he got it. springer too and springer was another guy these both were when i chose my guys these were both the guys at the top of the actual overall queue yeah so i don't know if he set a queue and wanted these guys or got them but he got them yeah um springer falling to the fifth is actually probably the best i've seen he usually goes into the fourth yeah um, I wonder why. Do you have any reasons? Like, would you? I know you didn't take him, but you didn't need him. I didn't need his his. Uh, I didn't need another leadoff hitter. So. I didn't take. Who did I take? I needed a pitcher because I took last on the fourth. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I was actually torn. I was thinking about taking Springer over Nelson Cruz, but Springer's skill set as far as being a leadoff guy, I already had Acuna. I expect Marte to hit second, so that's why I was like, I don't need another guy hitting top of the order. So I wanted a cleanup or third number three hitter. So that's where Cruz came in over Springer, but Springer in a vacuum I like more usually because he does offer the the chip in speed. 
I just don't know. I'm surprised he lasted this long. I mean, Victor Robles, it shows you how speed got pushed up. Robles to Toby in the fourth. That's pretty much a, that's a pretty, that's a reach, I would say, for the most part. But that's speed being speed. Um, yeah. I'm just looking, and I think pitching as a whole, again, 20 out of this, 20 out of 60 pitchers, uh, 20 out of 60 picks were pitchers. That's one third of the draft at this point. Sorry, 21 if you include Hader as a pitcher, obviously. So I meant starting pitchers were just 21. So 21 pitchers were taken in the first 60 picks. Wow. That's, yeah, yeah that's. Is that, is that a lot for uh, compared to the usual? That feels like a lot, right? I mean, yeah, I remember. Because I, I remember being on, th- oh, but on 3 4 turn. Yeah, on 3 4 turn, like going back, say I picked 15th. On the 3 4 turn, I was usually taking Castillo and Corbin. For ref for like back at the beginning of draft season, and those would be like the 13th and 14th or 15th and 16th pitchers off the board at best. And we're, I don't know, maybe, I mean, maybe this is typical. I don't know, I feel like this wasn't typical. I used to be, I feel like on the turn here, on the four five turn, I need to go look at some old, uh, some old drafts because obviously, pitchers, I, I look, it looks like pitchers got put, pushed up because after that four five turn, there were there was what one starting pitcher taken in the uh fifth round. And then one, two starters, or three in the sixth. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe this is normal. Maybe I'm just not used to picking in the front half of the draft. <laughs> I just I feel like I don't know. I feel like pitching up pushed up a lot because my yeah. offense. I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking at teams. I don't. What I don't else? Know. What else stands out? I'm, I'm looking. There's nothing. Like, nothing really, crazy. Nothing crazy here. Lizardo, the Lizardo pick. We talked about that. I think just our lack of belief in the innings. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit early for. For that, I think. Um, um, got nothing, man. I'm, I'm in round. My eyes are going through round seven right now. Sano at the end of round seven, still he's still going early despite all the all the risks. I yeah, see, I don't think take him there. So, well, okay. look at that team though. He, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Is that that's John's team, right? Yeah, that's yeah. John's. I'm looking at his uh, team and having Tatis, having Soler. He didn't need Sano there, and then, and then he, he took doubled Fran up Reyes with Fran Reyes, dude. Sano was such an unnecessary risk right there. And for somebody like him, for John to do him. that? He just didn't want me to have him. <laughs> no, but he knows, I have t- he knows I wasn't taking him because I had Bryant and Donaldson. Like, how could I have taken Sano there? Well, yeah, and looking at his team, Solaire, Sano, Reyes, I think we know who won the power category. Jeez. And now you're looking at the rest of his team. He has Luke Voigt, too. Dude, John, what did you do? Oh, because he, he was not passing Luke Voigt, though. Like, that's true. That's his boy. <laughs> But you just look at his team. It's like I'm looking at his team. Like, okay, pitchers. He did get Verlander early and Paddock and Montas. That's a nice little trio. Oh, he took a Grisham. All these outfielders are going way way earlier than I. And this is this. See, this is a tough draft. This is like one of the tough draft. This toughest draft I'm in. Trent Grisham. I actually really like his team. Department. Dude, I like his team, but there's just so much Tatis. Wong, he's, got, he's got Wong as for stolen bases. And he has Tatis up top. You assume he gets some. Here, Hira is going to get some. Heroes, if I don't trust him to get many, but yeah, he should. Akiyama should get a few. He might struggle in stolen bases, but it looks like the rest of his team is really solid. There's, not, there's no overall though. Yeah, you're right. That's what I'm saying. There's, but power. It's it batting average. He, I mean, he tried hedging it a little bit, but there's no hiding Sano, Reyes, and possibly Solaire's batting average. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have enough floor there to where if the if the enough floor there with the other players that if the floor falls from the Sano Reyes types, his batting mm-hmm. average could sink him. And then you put in the fact that he probably should be, he'll probably be in the bottom half of the stolen bases. It's going to be close, but Hey, I mean, like I said, he almost took the opposite. Like I have issues. 
I might. I mean, all it takes is some of these relief pitchers, their ratios to get blown up for me to be screwed in ratios. But I'm definitely gonna be hurting strikeouts. Strikeouts are by far my biggest, my biggest issue. I like all of his players. Like maybe the team build doesn't. Bode I think there's maybe, a lot. Maybe of there's risk for here. stolen bases and average in the category department. But like all the players, like including the pitcher, like I'm going through his team, like Tatis, Verlander, Hira, Paddock, Monta, Soler, Sano, Reyes. Um, not, I'm not big on Turner this year, but like all of the players, I like I like a lot. I'm not I'm not Turner in on my, gives them some floor. I think yeah, I'm not I'm not in on Maeda that much. I know a lot of people are, but I'm not. I think I think for where he's going, I think I think you're almost paying for like the upside now. I wonder point. if he's going to do what I think he's going to do. Look at his catcher, Danny Jansen. Do you think he just takes Reese's pieces and uh, pairs those two and puts them in and says, forget it? I don't think he usually does stuff like that. I think he won't. But think, this would be the – with his offense being the way it is, it wouldn't be the worst thing. You just get all the at-bats in Toronto and just yeah. and just have half a catcher? Like have one have, catcher. Have one catch. Have one team catcher and make sure you get like – Yeah, but how much – like, like get the floor on a catcher? Yeah, so I'm saying you're getting like, – because all of us, like right now I have Sal Perez, and because I haven't gotten a second catcher, how much is whatever catcher I pair him with really going to help Sal Perez's production? And he might actually drag down what one – like that's what I'm saying. Like, this whole one catcher thing in a two-catcher league, assuming – depending on how you build your team, how much production does he really need from a second catcher at this point? With a team – with the offense he's built, he can keep – he can kind of just take Reese's pieces and uh, make it – I think it would work for his specific team build. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I'm not saying I would do I, it. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen him take that approach, so I bet against it. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not even saying. I'm not even suggesting he should. I just would be injured. I, I would like to see it to be honest, because honestly, on that, like again, with with all the volatility on his team and the high high ceiling it has, a few extra stats from a second catcher might not be something he really wants or needs. Hmm. Like he might just instead of, instead because no one wants Reese's uh, Reese Reese's oh, no one wants Reese McGuire nobody wants him but he might because it makes the most sense him. for his team I don't mind Reese um, yeah, yeah anyway. I'm trying I'm looking at his team because because he is a guy that was done that did oh there's Austin Romine just went oh man this is pushing me this is honestly yeah. gonna, it's gonna push the, our decisions here now I'm up and I'm up and I'm on deck um, maybe we'll end the podcast when I get when I'm on my pick. Um, yeah, that would be a good way to end it. Um, but I'm looking at his team because he's done a lot of the uh, draft champions before. And now he's got to re- now he's got to re up and reinvest in these draft champions. I'm, I'm I want to I want to get into John's head and see what he, see what his strategy is here. Like he's still his closer strategy is the same. Um, he, he's just getting all his same guys. So he he's he was upset that um, that they you heard him. He was upset that they didn't refine the draft champions. Well, not upset, but he, he would have preferred that the, the, it made, the, it made more sense. And I agreed with him when I heard that. 100% yeah. Yeah. Agreed yeah, with yeah him. Sure. So, but I'm looking at his team is like, his team is not much different than what it was. If, like, I don't, I didn't see all of his team, but it seems like a very similar team. Like he's got his guys, he's got justice Sheffield. He's got Austin Voth. He's got um, Luke Voigt. It's on like a hundred percent of his teams. Um, I don't know about Soler, Sonoma Reyes. Maybe that's maybe that's maybe that's part of his new strategy. Maybe he maybe that's maybe that's what that's what I think is John John's new thing. Maybe in that era, like the Soler, Sonoma Reyes, it's just such an obvious thing that he's doing there that's maybe different than what he did before. Maybe maybe he's onto something because he's a smart guy. So I don't know. There's something there's something there. I think. Well, let me know when that episode's going to happen because I want to hear it too. No, we are. Well, I, I don't know. Like, we, I talked to him. I didn't talk about the draft with him, so I'm. I just, I just realized it could, it could be. It could be. Oh, I got you. It could be an hour before you pick. By the way, 
Uh, uh, yeah, it's true, Craig. <laughs> so if, yeah, given that, yeah, good point. <laughs> good point. Uh, I we know we don't uh, we don't know when Craig's going to pick. So yeah. All right. Well, then I, I got really Carter Keyboom going in 18th. I guess was something that kind of stuck out to me. Last little thing I noticed. Yeah. Oh, it, and it what pissed me now. off. And what pissed me off was right after the news of Price opting out, I had Alex Wood at the top of my queue. I'm not going to lie. I moved Stripling up to the top of my queue as well. Both of them went in that same round before it got to me. Well, get Gonsolin. That's actually – I'm sorry? Get Gonsolin too, right? Gonsolin still hasn't even gone yet, I don't think. No, I know. And so I mean, get him. And so I, I, well, I was thinking about it, but that's what made me go with the whole like, – you blame those guys because Gore and Howard were the sec, was the backup plan to getting the Ross-Stripling combo. Oh, you wanted the you wanted the. Um, I mean the wood, wood stripling. I wanted wood stripling. I wanted both of them. Ah, so who and, Butler took him, and then Toby took wood, and then yeah. they left me with Strom. I mean, I'm not going to argue with Gore and Howard after that, but I had no choice. Right. Um, I'm looking at what else stuck out at me here. Um, and Keyboom's going to be batting nine. Magical right, went in the 18th round. Really? To who? To Donkey's Heath. Oh, nice! And he t- he took Robert like Donkey Heath had a had a different pick this draft, but in the other draft he got Lee Robert as well. But he had to take him much earlier. He got him like um, seventy five, like almost the eightieth pick, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, the eightieth pick. It goes back to at bats. I just don't yeah. think he, I don't think Louis Robert. Yeah, he like I was talking to John. I think he loses a bit of a, he loses a little bit on the new the shortened season. And then he also took car- he took look at his team, man. Like let's look at this team. Donkey Heath took Louis, his outfield is Louis Robert. Byron Buxton, Dylan Carlson, Alex Verdugo, and Aristis Aquino. Okay, well, I like those. I like a lot of those players, but that's a lot. Of, that's a fucking ton of risk. And he's got Aldo, Alberto Mondesi, Vladimir Guerrero, Jack Flaherty. Who might opt out. Um, he he didn't. Craig I'll Kimbrell. You, I don't understand why he took Buxton and uh, Luis Robert. Like once you had Mondesi and Robert, you didn't need. He did not need Buxton there. Oh uh, no way! I don't know. I don't know why he took him. Like he could have taken who? And he took Nick, Nick Magical. Yeah, the Magical I get. Magical's fine because of because where he took. I guess we didn't have a second baseman. I can understand Magical because batting average and stolen bases, but I don't know. I'm just looking at like the Buxton pick seemed unnecessary. He could have gone a closer there. He already had Kimbrel though. Like he, he did. A, he, like he has stolen bases one. Yeah, makes me not need him as much, even though I have some. But that's the thing. It's one of those, like, I'm just looking at my team. And, again, strikeouts are my biggest weakness. I'm going to just get cute with it. But, yeah, you're not going to pick here, I don't think, while we're on the clock. And I, it's like an hour and a plus, almost like an hour and 45 minutes at this point, it feels like. Mike underscore Curlin on Twitter. Bases Loaded Podcast. See ya. Take it easy, man. again brothers sisters everybody saying gonna bring the flame i'll show you how got a question for you better answer now yeah am i